I'd like for us to open this evening to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6. I have a somewhat shorter message tonight, but I hope it will be a blessing. Mark, chapter 6, and we'll read the first three verses. Jesus went out from there and came into his hometown, and his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and the many listeners were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what is this wisdom given to him and such miracles as these performed by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. As you all know, I started back teaching at the middle school a few weeks ago. And since then, I've been reminded of just how hard it can be to simply work, to be in the workforce. I've been reminded of what it feels like, again, to come home from school and to be so tired that the only physical exertion I can muster is falling onto the couch. I read an article yesterday called Working Our Lives Away, and it started like this. The daughter of a friend of mine recently left university and entered into the world of work, taking on a temporary office job. At the end of her first week at work, she phoned home in tears. It's horrible, she complained to her mother. There's no time to do anything else. I'm so tired when I get home in the evenings that all I can do is watch TV. And then I have to get up early the next morning and do it all again. If this is what work is like, I don't want to spend my whole life doing it. But for the Christian, it's not just the physical exhaustion that makes things hard. It's the frustration of feeling like you're wasting your life at this secular job. It's this nagging sense that work is nothing more than a distraction from what you really should be doing, namely ministry of some sort, spreading the gospel, advancing the kingdom of God. People are dying and going to hell, and here I am shuffling papers for hours. And we're not just talking about a few hours here and there, are we? If it was just a few hours here and there, we could manage. We're talking about a third of your waking life as a working adult. Right? Essentially. A third of your waking life as an adult. A third of your adult life wasting your time on something that has no direct connection to anything spiritual or to the advancement of God's kingdom in any discernible way. At least that's what it feels like most of the time. For me, I know. It's a frustration. And, to top it off, it's a frustration that Satan, the slanderer, loves to exploit. Right? And after the slanderer has done his work, frustration soon turns into guilt. 
because that's what he wants to do, make you feel guilty. Guilt that we're wasting our time. Guilt that others are doing what we should be doing but can't because we're tied down with lesser things. Or even guilt that we don't feel guilty enough for being so unspiritual as to spend a third of our adult life working. If the devil can't make you feel guilty for working a secular job, he'll make you feel guilty for not feeling guilty for working a secular job. Regardless, you end up discouraged and defeated. However, it really should not be this way for the Christian. It really should not. And there are a lot of reasons why, but instead of trying to give you a comprehensive theology of work tonight, which I think would be a good thing to do at some point, but what I want to do tonight is much simpler. I just want to give you three truths that have helped me when the alarm clock goes off at five in the morning, (laughs) and the last thing that I feel like doing is putting up with a room full of teenagers all day long. No offense to the teenagers here tonight. (laughs) Three truths that have been helpful to me and I hope will be helpful to you that are in the same situation. Truth number one, Jesus worked a secular job. Didn't he? Jesus worked a secular job. And by secular here, I know there's all different kind of ways you could define it, but the way that I'm using it, I mean a job that doesn't have any kind of direct connection to ministry, to gospel ministry, kingdom advancement, etc. Or another way to say it, a secular job is a job that could be done just as well by a non-Christian as by a Christian. Right? There's nothing overtly or distinctly spiritual, capital S, spiritual about it. It's just a job. It doesn't require you to be a Christian to do it. And in this sense, Jesus worked a secular job. The eternal Son of God, the Lord of glory... The King of kings and Lord of lords came into this world and worked a secular job. In fact, prior to the start of his public ministry at age 30, Jesus was essentially defined by his secular job. Look again here at Mark chapter 6, verse 2. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and the many listeners were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what is this wisdom given to him, and such miracles as these performed by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? And so on. Is not this the carpenter? It's what the people in Jesus' hometown knew him as. You see that? He's in his hometown here. And when they hear him teaching, this is the carpenter. What's he doing? They didn't call him his most holy and righteous, miracle-working carpenter of divinity or something. They just called him the carpenter. For them, Jesus was just the carpenter. 
He was defined by his boring, ordinary, secular job. He was the carpenter. But not only did Jesus work a secular job, he worked a menial secular job. No offense to Jim Gates, but but in first century Jerusalem, being a carpenter was not a very prestigious occupation. Is it a prestigious occupation now? I don't know. Maybe a little bit more, I don't know. Probably more so than teaching. But at that time, it was considered very lowly and very menial. Beloved, Jesus was not the CEO of First National Bank of Nazareth. That's what you would expect him to do. He wasn't. He worked at a job that most people of the time looked down their nose at. But not only did Jesus work a menial secular job, he worked a menial secular job for most of his life. He didn't start his public ministry until he was 30 years old. What was he doing before that? Well, he would have had some education when he was younger. And then he probably worked as a carpenter for about the next 15 years of his life. Maybe even longer, given that setting. He may have started even earlier. But probably at least 15 years of his life were spent working as a carpenter. And then he has a public ministry that only lasts three years before ascending back into heaven, which means that for the Lord Jesus Christ, he spent the majority of his life working a menial, secular job. You ever thought of that? It's what he spent the majority of his life doing. He was the carpenter. Now, you might be thinking, yeah, but what was he doing when he wasn't working at his carpenter job? Right? Surely after he got off work for the day, Jesus went out preaching, ministering, working miracles for hours on end. And then he probably went home and slept for three hours, maybe two hours probably, and then went back to his carpenter job in the morning, right? That's what we tend to think. He gets off work and then goes out for all hours of the evening doing ministry. We simply can't stomach the thought of the Lord of glory just working a secular job for 15 years. So in our minds, we have to sneak in some ministry and some miracles somewhere. You know, surely in the evenings he taught a little bit, worked a few miracles. Surely. I don't think so. And the reason why is right here in this text. Look again at Mark 6, verse 2. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and the many listeners were astonished. Note the reaction saying, where did this man get these things? And what is this wisdom given to him and such miracles as these performed by his hands? 
Notice how the people of his hometown responded when Jesus began teaching and doing miracles. They were what, it says? They were astonished. They couldn't figure out where he was getting this stuff from. In other words, the people that knew Jesus best were shocked when he began teaching and began doing miracles among them. They were shocked. Why? Because I don't think they had ever seen him do anything like that before. And they had never heard him give teaching like that before. Which means that Jesus was just not doing what we usually think of him as doing, going out in the evenings and doing all kinds of ministry after he gets out of the carpenter shop for the day. He was not out teaching and ministering after he put the chisel down at the end of the day. He probably went home, ate dinner, maybe read, prayed a little bit, and went to bed because he had to be up early the next morning to do it all over again. And that was his life for probably close to 15 years. For 15 years, Jesus was just the carpenter. And that was enough. Along these lines, I really like a quote that I read last year from a writer named Jerem Bars. He said this, Sometimes Christians will insist that the only work that is truly worthwhile Pleasing to God and spiritual is the work of serving the proclamation of the gospel across the world. This view suggests that if we were all truly earnest Christians, we would leave our, quote, secular jobs in which we are simply making a living and providing for our families, and we would all join the sacred work of mission. But if we stop and think about Jesus' life, we see that he was doing so-called secular work as a carpenter or a fisherman, for many more years than he was a preacher and teacher. It would be blasphemous to suppose that during these years Jesus was living in a manner that was not fully godly and completely pleasing to his Father in heaven. Right? So when your alarm goes off tomorrow morning and you really don't feel like rolling out of bed, remember that you're in good company that your Lord knows. He really knows by experience what you're feeling. But you can press on in the knowledge that you can be just as godly and pleasing to the Father by faithfully performing your secular job as you could be in doing anything else. So that's truth number one. Jesus worked a secular job. Truth number two, God is able to manifest his glory to you even while in the midst of your daily work. In 1 Chronicles 21, Ornan was threshing wheat when the angel of the Lord appeared to him. And you can be sure that was a day that he never forgot, but it happened while he was just doing a daily task. He was threshing wheat. Moses was tending his flocks as he had been doing for 40 years when God appeared to him in the burning bush and manifested his glory. The disciples were fishing 
the Samaritan woman in John 4 was drawing water. She needed water from the well. We'll get some water. Just performing their daily menial tasks. And suddenly, out of nowhere, they come face to face with glory. But my absolute favorite is the account of the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. Let's go ahead and turn there. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. Luke 2, 8. In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David... There has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. This is such a blessing to me, because here these guys are, just minding their own business, out in the field, doing their jobs, doing the same thing they had probably done a thousand times before, right? just watching their flocks by night. And the next thing they know, they are surrounded by glory. Just out of nowhere. And they find out that they have been chosen to receive the most wonderful announcement that the world has ever known. And then to top it all off, they get personally serenaded by a multitude of the heavenly hosts right out there in the field. And it all happened while they were working their secular job. Beloved, I don't care what you do. God is able to meet with you where you are and to surround you with his glory. Now listen to this. When you leave your house to go to work, you are not going from a place where God can meet with you to a place where he can't meet with you. You're going from one place where God can meet with you to another place where God can meet with you. That's all you're doing. Whether that's swinging a hammer, sitting at a computer, or standing at a drive-through window, you can be surprised by glory wherever you are. And we ought to ask God to do that. Meet with us on the job. Show me your glory in the workplace. We ought to pray that way. But he can do that. And remembering that helps me to get up in the morning. Truth number three. We'll end with this one. So Jesus worked a secular job. Secondly, God's able to 
meet with you where you are on the job. He's able to manifest his glory to you on the job. And then thirdly, at any time, God is able to move you out of the workforce and into full-time ministry. So be open and be ready. Some of you have been working at the same job for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Are you open to God calling you out? Are you open to that? Are you open to Him interrupting your life, your plans, and calling you out? Are you open to the possibility of a brand new phase of ministry in your life? And are you living your life in such a way that if God did call you out, you would be ready to go? Don't put it past God to do such a thing. Remember, Moses was 80 years old. (laughs) And he had been a shepherd for 40 years when God called him. You might be hauling trash one week and be on the front lines of ministry the next week. Are you open to that? We ought to be. We all ought to be, right? It's just part of being a Christian. You're ready. If God calls you to do something, you're ready. It's just part of being a follower of the Lord. You don't know what He's going to do. Be open. Be ready. So if, like me, you'll be going to bed soon with the promise of another day of work before you, I would encourage you to remember these three truths. One, that Jesus, too, worked a secular job. And, beloved, that he knows what it's like. He really does. Secondly, that God can manifest his glory to you even while going about your daily work, which is very encouraging. And then thirdly, that God is able at any time to move you out of the workforce and into the ministry. I don't care who you are. So be open to that possibility and be ready if he does. Oh, amen. That's all I had.